Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. The last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode. Hope you guys are feeling phenomenal. I am feeling great. Today, I wanted to talk about and really ask the question and answer the question, if starting smaller is easier. Now, I had this belief system. I talked to a lot of people who tell me that they want to start small because they think it's going to be easier, more accessible. And while some of these assumptions are true, some of them are not true. And also, I want to make the distinction between if starting smaller or also doing what's easier is better. And it is going to depend on who you are. So we're going to break this all down. Now, for me, when I started in this industry, I started with a juice truck, as most of you may know, because uh, it was more financially accessible. I thought it was going to be easier to not have to manage as many employees. And so that was the route that I took. And then, long story short, I don't want to say paradoxically, but ironically, when my business grew, I actually had less stress, less obligation in many ways. And so I'm going to share, you know, in hindsight, as they say, hindsight of 2020, I'm going to share my realizations as to why this is and hopefully give you guys clarity on this as well. So I often think about businesses like organisms, right? When you have a single, you know, operate single person operation, then you have to do essentially everything, right? There's just things that no matter what, no matter how big your business is, certain things have to get done, right? In this case, you have to make juice. Hopefully you have to do some accounting. Hopefully you're doing your accounting to make sure your numbers are right. You have to do delivery. You have to take orders. You have to market the business. You have to find the equipment. There's all these things. You have to maintain the equipment. There's so many things that you have to do, no matter how many people are there or not. And what my experience was when, when I was running the truck and it was just me and a business partner, we had to do everything because we had to subsidize our labor with ourselves because we couldn't afford to hire other people. Then as the business began to make more money, we began to be able to invest in other employees. Then I could focus more on other things like ordering, doing our accounting, making sure that you know, all of our paperwork and licenses were up to date, all the things that come with being a business owner. And so as any business gets larger, you have more flexibility to delegate because you have more people. And also everyone's roles get more specific. So there is a journey to getting there. It's not to say that it's just an easy road there. And if you go from having zero employees to a hundred employees that your life is just really easy right? If you start a business from, from, from nothing, and then the first, you know, group of people you hire is a hundred employees, it's very likely going to be very chaotic if you don't have the right systems in place from day one. But all that being said, I 
from observation was able to to see firsthand and experience firsthand that when my business got larger, things in my life got easier. Now, at different cycles, it's also to say there's cycles where you're opening stores, right? Because when I was going from one store to two stores, then I got very, very busy for a while because I had to be on top of the things that were happening at store number one. And granted, we had management and there were people, you know, we had actually many, many managers. Um, but at the same time, there's still things happening there that I needed to address. And on top of that, I was managing, you know, contracting process and all these things that come up with opening up another store. So that was, you know, a different kind of time. But when things are in stride, when you have more people, it's easier for me, and, and I, I kind of want to say that in particular because I want to break some things down as to say, depending on what kind of person you are, right, some things may come more or less easy to you. So, for example, when you're just one person, you know, running a juice business can be a very physical thing. You know, you have to pick up 40-pound box of apples, you know, kale, bananas. You're, you're constantly moving around, picking up things, making juice. You know, it's it's a very uh, physical job. Now, granted, it's not like doing construction, but it is more physical than some people might imagine. And that's what you're going to be doing. So you, if you're not someone who has a lot of physical energy uh, and that would be very taxing on you, then that could be very difficult. Um, and it can be difficult for most people, but the other element as your business grows and you have more staff, you're managing more, you're doing more people management. So if you're someone who's not really great at leading people or managing people or communicating with people and you find it very difficult to have hard conversations, then you might see that that is more difficult, right? But I think if you look at it strictly from a delegation standpoint and having options to decide what you do day to day, even just to give you another example, let's say you're a business and you have two employees and one of your employees gets sick. Okay. Now you've got 50% of your staff that's just gone and you have to make up for that. If you have 10 employees and even two of your employees get sick, then you've got, you've only lost 20% of your staff, right? And you can have people fill in. So it's not as damaging and it's the odds of that many people getting sick at once, you know, we're five out of your 10 staff members getting sick is not normal unless obviously, you know, there's something going around and they all catch it, which I have never experienced that, right? Most oftentimes it's one or two people. And, and I'm using this example of getting sick, but it could be anything, you know, someone, um, their car breaks down or, you know, you name it, anything that might create a little bit of a, a hiccup in your staffing. So when you have more people, now you've got more people to cover for that person or those individuals. And so it just gives you more freedom. It gives you more flexibility. Now, like I said in the beginning, when you have a smaller business, some people like that because they might have challenges delegating. They like to micromanage things. And for you, and, and this is kind of goes for a lot of things that I say and teach about, it's not right or wrong. It's just a matter of having perspective and understanding where you might have correct, the correct perception or an incorrect perception. So to expand on this, it also goes for your situation financially. So I often talk about small juice businesses and the challenges that they might have around making money because some people think, okay, well, I'll start small so I won't have expenses, right? Because I don't have to pay staff. I don't have to pay for rent maybe, right? Maybe I'll get a commercial kitchen or I'll make the juice out of my house. Now, you are correct 
in saying that you've saved money up front, but we have to look and break down the extra uh, challenges or financial um, challenges and burdens you might have because of that. Because you have to look at your business and starting a business like building a vehicle, you're building a car, right? You have to get onto the freeway. But if you maybe only build a bicycle, yes, it's cheaper, but when you get onto the freeway, it's going to be dangerous. And so how that relates to your situation is that when you're in food service, I often tell you guys that you're in the high margin or high volume, low margin business. High volume, low margin means you have to sell a lot of product and you have very little margin on each product that you sell. But when you can get to scale, then you can make a lot of money at at the end of the day. So when you start too small, if you can't buy from wholesalers because your orders don't uh, justify purchasing ingredients wholesale, then you're going to either buy from retailers, which is going to eat away at your margin, or you are going to buy from a wholesaler and you might have spoilage or you might not have the space, right? And so this is just, once again, every situation has its different kinds of challenges, which is why I don't want to say it's better or worse. Now, there are things that I would say I would do differently knowing what I know now. I wouldn't start a juice truck. Um, Not to say that it wasn't valuable. I'm really grateful that I did it, but it didn't have the upside potential that I was really looking for. Because that's the other thing you have to imagine and be aware of is that every vehicle, every business has sort of a maximum speed that it can go based on the infrastructure, right? You can't, most people can't do a hundred orders a day out of their kitchen. They have to get a commercial kitchen or they have to open a store. In a store, that's not a big deal. So you hit a threshold, it's almost like certain cars can only go so fast, even if you're on the freeway and you're in a car, right? The top speed is going to be different. So it's the same thing for your business is there's going to be a place where you might hit a ceiling. You might, you know, in a juice truck, which for us, we experienced, if we did $1,000 a day, we were pretty much maxed out. In a storefront, we would do $3,000 a day and we'd be like, okay, we can do more, right? And that's literally, you know, it's, it's three times the amount of sales. So this is just an invitation for you guys to be aware that it's not that there's a right or wrong path. There's just a path that's right for you and you have to understand what path you're actually walking on and what to expect from it because I just don't like people to believe that they're going to get a certain outcome from a certain approach, right, when they won't. And so if you want to start small and grow your business without raising capital, not likely to happen, right? And when I say grow your business, I mean substantially. I mean going from having just, you know, making juices for friends and family to maybe opening up a store or multiple stores. That's not likely to happen. Uh, So what is the alternative? What are certain things that our clients do? They do a whole spectrum of things, right? We do have people who do online delivery. We have people who start juice trucks. We have people who just day one go and open storefronts. None of it's right or wrong. It's just all available to you. You get to decide. Because the the last thing that I want to mention too is that starting small is different for different people, right? There is no objective reality when it comes to starting small. That's, That's a subjective thing. It's perceptual. I knew people who had companies and when they started, they would raise $10 million and they went and opened up, you know, 10 locations in the first few years. Maybe even for them, that might've been starting small. It's just what reality are you living in? And so it's the same thing that I talk about with money. You know, people say, oh, that's a lot of money or that's a little amount of money. I'm like, depends. It's to, to who, right? That's not an objective reality. 
a lot or little is just based on where you're standing. And sometimes the process of starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur is to expand your reality, to expand your impact. And that oftentimes means that you have to change your perception on what's small and what's large. And as things that are quote unquote large get smaller to you, your life just expands and your impact expands and everything grows. So getting back to what are some of our, what do some of our clients do um, if they are in a place where they want to move straight into a storefront? Well, we put business plans together for them and then they go and raise capital from investors or banks. And then once they've got the money, we dive into opening up a storefront. So what are the benefits of starting small? That's the last thing I'll leave you with is because there, there are some benefits. I don't want to make it seem like you just shouldn't do it. I think you should have clarity, right? Just be clear about what you're doing. Some of the benefits might be you building a relationship with your customer base. You getting your brand out there. Now, are there other ways to do it that don't uh, qualify or require that you start small? Of course, you can do it from opening a storefront. You can meet your customers once you open your door. So it's not to say that it's necessary to do that. The last thing that I want to say as well, which came up in a call that I had recently, somebody was saying that, you know, they wanted to just run the business part time. And I know people that do that and it's also fine. Uh, but once again, don't expect full-time results from a part-time effort. So if you want to get a lot out of something, you have to put a lot into it, right? We can't work out, let's say, take our physical body, for example. I can't work out once every two months and think that I'm going to have the best physique in the world. It's not going to happen, right? I have to work out much more often than that. If you want to really grow your business and you want to have a substantial business, it's very difficult. Just like, let's say, raising a child. I don't have children, but, you know, you anyone can have a business just like anyone can have a baby. For the most part, anybody can do it. But there are really few people who are great business owners and there are really few people who are great uh, parents. Because it takes time, it takes energy, it takes thoughtfulness, it takes resourcefulness, it takes a lot of things. And so if you want to be great at whatever it is you're doing, you have to be capable of really investing yourself from a financial standpoint, from an energy standpoint, from a, an emotional standpoint, from all of the, the dimensions of who you are. Otherwise, it's really, you know, it's not to say that people, there aren't some rare geniuses out there that can uh, have an, a thriving business and put one hour into it, you know, every week, but that almost never happens. You know, that's, it's, it, it's very, 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 very rare. And it's usually definitely not in this kind of business. That's usually for people who are developing software or something else, right? So you have to understand the business you're in and what's required of you. So I hope this helps give you guys some perspective on at least how you decide that you want to approach your business. And as always, if you guys do need support in going from where you are and you want to take your business to the next level or clarify something or refine your process, reach out to me personally at andrew at startajuicebar.com. We'd be happy to talk about how we can help you. That's andrew at startajuicebar.com. Until next time, hope you guys are happy and healthy and wishing you guys a lot of success. This is Andrew McFarlane with the Juice Bar Experts podcast. Until next time, take care.